Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Rob Paulson will join us in our second hour. Rob Paulson, the voice of Pinky on Pinky of the Brain, Yako Warner on Animaniacs, and Donatello and Raphael on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Rob's voice has brought joy to millions of children and adults over the past three decades, but his voice was nearly silenced back in 2016 when he learned that he was diagnosed with throat cancer. Fortunately for Rob, his cancer was treatable at the time it was detected, and though it took him two years to fully recover from radiation treatment and rehabilitation, Rob's fight with cancer gave him a new lease on life and an even greater appreciation for the gift he has for creating voices. Rob Paulson will share his story and more when he joins us in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. Our first hour, we will welcome back James Dumont. James Dumont the actor who plays Danny McBride's right-hand man on HBO's The Righteous Gemstones. James has prominent roles in two movies that are now available on streaming on demand, one of which, Spencer Confidential, is on Netflix. The other, The Banker, is on Apple TV+. James DeMont will join us later on in this hour. Be able to stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we'll begin this hour by hooking up words and phrases and clauses as we welcome back our friend Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey Mark, Emmy Award winning, Grammy Award nominated writer, producer, performer, author, music, and TV historian, and showbiz raconteur. Jeffrey Mark, of course, author of excellent biographies of Ella Fitzgerald, Ethel Merman, and Lucille Ball. He is also an accomplished performer in his own right. As a matter of fact, one of the many people that Jeff has shared the stage with as a performer is the late Jack Sheldon. Jack Sheldon, the accomplished jazz trumpeter that some of you may remember for his long affiliation with Merv Griffin beginning in the early 1970s. Jack Sheldon, also one of the many contributors to the Schoolhouse Rock show of the early 1970s, including the songs Conjunction Junction and I'm Just a Bill sitting here on Capitol Hill. Uh, Jack Sheldon passed away just before New Year's, and Jeff, it's uh, always good to have you on the program. I hate to have you on sad occasions, but it's always good to have you nonetheless. I think that's the longest introduction anyone's ever... <laughs> I'd hire that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, within a couple of days of uh, Jack's passing, you shared a photo of you performing uh, with him on your Facebook page. Uh, when did you first cross paths with Jack? I met Jack somewhere, like, I don't know the exact year, somewhere in the early 1990s. And uh, I had already begun work on the Ella Fitzgerald, the first Ella Fitzgerald book, because I've written two of them. And he asked me, I know this sounds like an MGM movie from the 1940s, but he asked me if I sang, and I said yes. And he asked me to sit in with him, which is amazing enough, but he was with his big band. So I'm sitting in with, a, I don't know how many, 17, 18, 19 pieces of guys. There's no music. There's no rehearsal. He just, we're just picking a song, and I think the first thing I sang with him was... Um, 
Do Nothing Till You Hear From Me by Duke Ellington. And that's how it was for the next, golly, 25 years more. I would, wherever Jack was performing, whether it was with his big band or the quartet, um, he'd ask me up. He'd say, fast or slow. <laughs> that's all I got, fast or slow. Meaning tempo? Right tempo, yeah. yes. He mean, Meaning, do you want to do an up-tempo thing or do you want to do a ballad? Okay. Except he didn't take that much time. It was fast or slow. <laughs> and if he said fast, if I said fast, he'd turn to the guys and yell, let him be good in F. And I'd think to myself, the key of F, is he out of his mind? <laughs> no, no. For those of you who don't understand, it's, uh, to sing in the key of F, you have to be a tenor. It's, it's high notes. Yeah. He knew my voice. And he knew how far up I could go without cracking or bleeding or... He knew. And every time he chose a key, it was perfect for my voice. And when we did ballads, it was a whole different ball game because there was so much more room to improvise notes and, and all of the guys took a turn. It wasn't just me singing. I'd sing a chorus. Everybody in the group would take a turn. Then I'd come back in again and we'd all finish together with no rehearsal and I'm underestimating if I said I did that about 150 times. We were just uh, a force of nature musically and the people he had playing with him. Dave Tall is now Barbara Streisand's drummer. He drummed for, for Jack and for me because I was there. Joe Bag, one of his pianists, is now considered the world's greatest jazz organ player. And I saw him at Jack's funeral. Jack was an amazing combination of talents because not only could he play the trumpet almost better than anybody who was still alive after Louis Armstrong, but he was a very funny comedian and actor. Uh, you, one thing you didn't mention in your uh, introduction of Jack Sheldon is that he had his own sitcom in the 60s. Run, buddy, run. Run, buddy, run. And he was a regular on the Kara Williams show. Yes, I was, I was going to mention those at some point in our conversation, but uh, you're the guest, so I follow your lead, Jeff. Oh, you foolish man. <laughs> uh, so he was a sitcom staple all through the 60s. He was on Petticoat Junction. He was a semi-regular playing all kinds of parts on Dragnet uh, for comedy relief. And uh, then he joined the Merv Griffin show as the lead trumpet and kind of a guy to play off of Merv to do some comedy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jack was very, very funny. Uh, I can't repeat things he would say at dinner. <laughs> because, you know, it, it wasn't just that I showed up and sang. Jack yeah. and I were friends. Yeah. There was a group of us. Jack had lots of friends. But there was a group of us, uh, Jack Riley and Chuck McCann, and Jack Sheldon, and Ronnie Shell and myself. And we would have dinner together. We would hang out together. And these are brilliant people, but sooner or later, Jack Sheldon had a topper. Jack Riley and I went to see him, and I don't even remember the name of the club, in Westwood. And he knew I was coming. I assume the joke was meant for me, or maybe it was just inspiration but in between his numbers he would do stand-up 
And he says, you know, folks, I'm thinking of turning gay. The gay lifestyle really appeals to me. Except for the part about having sex with other men. <laughs> really appealed to me. Jeffrey Mark is on the line with us. Uh, Jeffrey Mark uh, sharing a few memories of his friend Jack Sheldon. Jack Sheldon, longtime sidekick to Merv Griffin, one of the great uh, jazz trumpeters of the latter 20th century, uh, one of the many contributors to Schoolhouse Rock. Jack Sheldon passed away this past Monday, December 30th at age 88. Uh, I've heard there's such a thing as funny bones, Jeff. I'm guessing there is such a thing as musical bones because, and I say this because listening to the story of how you and Jack first met each other and sort of had this unspoken uh, shorthand language between each other, I'm guessing that one of the reasons you hit it off so well is because you both recognize musical talent within each other. I will take that as an enormous compliment coming from you, sir. I appreciate that Jack thought I was a talented jazz singer and that he included me as often as he could. Uh, I, I don't know that he would have hired me like if he had to pay me to be there mm -hmm. and be the guy who sang with him, but I don't think he did that much. He really was an instrumentalist. He was a star in his own right, and he was kind enough to allow singers like myself to get up there and do a number or two with him and then sit back down, and he did his act. There, there is... Musically, if you understand different kinds of music, I'm, I'm assuming if I were a country singer and I sat in with someone who was brilliant at country violin or uh, guitar, we would understand one another because we speak the same language. Because my background is in jazz and the standards, uh, and Jack knew, but I knew the lyrics to everything. So he could throw a song at me without rehearsal, and I knew all the words. But also, I think it was a challenge. Jack wanted me to grow as a performer. And I think he also wanted me to have more confidence in myself as a performer. And what better way to do it, it's like people who think you learn to swim by throwing a child in the pool. Mm -hmm. He kind of threw me in the pool uh, by, by not having any rehearsal, by not even knowing what key we were in until he told me. And off we go. I either learned how to do anything in front of an audience and not be afraid of it, or I drown. I didn't drown. I learned. And it's, it has served me over the years tremendously, tremendously. And uh, a side note to your question, uh, oh, I don't remember how long ago now, six or seven years ago, I was producing an album with a 17-piece big band, and it required trumpet solos and Jack was kind enough to come into the studio and record with me the thrill kids shivers up and down my spine <laughs> sitting in the booth watching Jack Sheldon playing and it was a uh, Jeff Stradling arrangements and there were songs that I chose and for Jack and to know that here I was producing Jack Sheldon music what an honor, what a thrill. He was a genius. He really was a musical genius. Uh, trumpeting is very hard to do. Doing it brilliantly is even harder. And when you live for music the way Jack did, 
he came in one night. There was a club called Jack's, J-A-X, in Glendale, California. Mm-hmm. And Jack was a regular. Once a week he played there with his group, and I was often there because I was doing a radio show about a mile and a half down the street in Glendale at KRLA. I'd come in, have dinner, sing with him, and then go do my show. And often afterwards he would come and be on the show with me. And I'm sitting there one night, and his, his lady friend, Diana, comes over and says, look at his mouth, and just walks away. And I see he'd had oral surgery that day with stitches in his mouth, and he was playing the trumpet. He wouldn't give it up even for an evening, even to heal his mouth. That's how important. It wasn't the money. It was the playing and sharing his gift with an audience. He just had to. And I think we saw that in one another. The burning ambition, because I'm a very ambitious man, a burning ambition and talent and just the desire to make the people happy. He loved making audiences happy, and boy, did he succeed tremendously. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings crazy funny ones. I talk to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. Jeffrey Mark is on the line with us sharing a few memories of his friend Jack Sheldon. Jack Sheldon, jazz trumpeter extraordinaire, uh, actor who appeared on many uh, classic shows from the 60s and 70s, including Dragnet and other shows produced by Jack Webb, plus he was a regular on the Carl Williams shows in, in the early 1960s, and he uh, played the title character in Run, Buddy, Run, which was the short-lived uh, sitcom uh, uh, satire of The Fugitive that, if I remember correctly, Leonard Stern created. So Jack Sheldon passed away uh, Monday, December 30th, at age 88, uh, I, I'm probably as musically illiterate a person you're, you're going to talk to, Jeff, but what I, one of the few things I do know and understand about jazz is that even though there's a structure to jazz, it's a loose structure in the sense that it allows for a lot of improvisation, even within the set piece you might be performing. And so given that your background was in jazz, Jack's background was in jazz. Even if he said something like fast or slow, that says a lot coming from one musician to another because you both understand that you can improvise and you knew that even whatever riff you might do, he would be able to keep up with you and vice versa. He could always keep up with me. Let's make that abundantly clear. (laughs) Jack Tolan could always keep up with me. The question mark was always, could I keep up? Never the other way around. The only time I stumped Jack was uh, some, once in a while I would just mention a song. Hey, let's try this. All right. I, I said, let's do Too Close for Comfort because it's a favorite of mine. He didn't know it. Hmm. So his trio and I played it without him. I sang it and scattered through it, and he just sort of admired it. Uh, every once in a while we'd find an ending. Like I, I would do a riff to close the song, and he would come in with the trumpet, and he'd lean on me. Ooh, I really like that one. That was hot. And, and when you hear someone that talented whisper that in your ear, you walk on air for three days. So every single time I was there with him was a huge joy for me. And 
he was he was not well his last few days on the planet, and I'm glad he's not suffering. Uh, but golly, 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 do I miss him both as a friend, because he was a, enormously generous to his friends, and as a, a playmate, a musical playmate. Gosh, how often do you get to play with giants? Uh, I'm a lucky guy. You've probably seen this. Uh, Jeff, I'll link this up to the show notes of, of this conversation after this segment airs. But within a day or so of Jack's passing, someone posted a link to a YouTube video. Jack and Dom DeLuise are, well, Jack's at the piano and Dom DeLuise is being Dom DeLuise. And if I remember correctly, Jack is sort of, I don't remember whether they're singing an actual song or he's riffing. But the only word I can use to describe it is just pure joy. Well, you're mentioning another friend of mine, may he rest in peace. Mm -hmm. And it's the same mindset, I think. If we're going to talk about Dom for one second, we're talking about Dom DeLuise. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful comedian, comedy actor, and enormously out of his mind nuts. <laughs> I, w I would have uh, breakfast at his house out in uh, Pacific Palisades, California, and and Dom would have these huge platters of all kinds of food served to him so he could pick and choose what he felt like eating. And then you got a half a piece of toast and a half a glass of coffee and three bird seeds and a bird because he had this huge bird that just sat on the table with you and mostly ate off of my plate mm -hmm. and chewed at my shirt while he's having breakfast. That's just who Dom was. Yeah. Dom, like many comedians, was driven to be funny. And he delivered. And when you get two of those guys together, it almost doesn't matter what they do. Chaos is going to happen. Funny chaos mm -hmm. is going to happen. Well, again, I, I'm seeing the image of the two of them in my mind's eye. And there's pure joy and a lot of laughter, and it's it's, it's zaniness, but it's just, it, I mean, I dare anybody to watch that video and not feel good afterwards. You know, comedy and jazz are not very far apart. Mm -hmm. They both require the performer to have a, a huge knowledge of what he's doing, and as if you were in a supermarket pulling things from different shelves and different aisles. You could pull things out of the air whether you are improvising music or you're improvising laughs. Uh, anytime you see people like Jack Sheldon and Dom DeLuise getting together, it's not rehearsed. They're not doing a script. They're doing comedy jazz. And I think a lot of comedians love jazz music, and a lot of jazz musicians are very funny. I really do think there, are, there, there is a connection. There's a bridge of talents between those two things. Maybe that's why I'm in jazz and comedy. Maybe that's the reason for that. Jeffrey Mark is on the line with us. Jeff is in jazz. Jeff is in comedy. Jeff is the author of excellent biographies on the careers of Ella Fitzgerald, Lucille Ball, and Ethel Merman. You can follow Jeffrey Mark on Facebook and on Twitter. We'll take a quick time out. Then James DeMont will join us when we come back on TV Confidential. <laughs> 
Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your drive and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-649-0142. 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093-800-715-6093-800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 
or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.